Hi everyone, welcome to this week's episode of No Such Thing as a Fish, where we are joined by one of our favourite, favourite people in the world, Rosie Jones. Now, those of you in the UK will not need to hear an introduction for Rosie because she is one of the great comedians of our time. Any of you who've watched QI, which I know is a lot of you, will recognise her. Uh, she's been on all sorts of stuff. She kind of came into the limelight on the last leg and worked on the Paralympics. You'll hear a lot about that in this show. Uh, she's a writer as well. She wrote for the Netflix show Sex Education. Uh, she's written a brilliant children's book called The Amazing Edie Eckhart, uh, which is about an 11-year-old with cerebral palsy. She's just an all-round very, very funny person, and I really, really hope you'll enjoy this week's show. I'm absolutely certain you will. It's one of my favourites that we've ever done, I think. If you want to see Rosie in real life, then I think her tour has... I think it's literally just started maybe this week. And if you want to go and see that, you can go to rosiejonescomedy.com and all the dates are up there. Rosie is R-O-S-I-E. And that's all to say, really. I really hope you enjoy this show with Rosie and on with the podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of No Such Thing as a Fish, a weekly podcast coming to you from the QI offices in Hoburn. My name is Dan Schreiber. I'm sitting here with James Harkin, Andrew Hunter-Murray and Rosie Jones. And once again, we have gathered around the microphones with our four favorite facts from the last seven days. And in no particular order, here we go. Starting with fact number one. That is my fact. My fact this week is that the world's greatest Paralympic equestrian with 14 gold medals under his belt is also allergic to horses. <laughs> That's not his Paralympic qualification. That's not the, <laughs> yeah. no, the disability that yeah. means... Okay, okay Absolutely, okay. no, it's not. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this is an extraordinary guy called Lee Pearson mm. who has, over the years, won 14 gold medals, a bunch of bronze and silver along the way as well. And um, he's just an amazing character, generally. Yeah. Um, I mean, I wanna, I'll mention a couple of things. I'm really excited to ask whether or not you've met him because I know you've been to the Paralympics, yeah. right? Um, yeah. But so he's the kind of guy who says, like, my training is uh, curry, Malibu, and Coke. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, and he uh, he loves to party and he's got a life story, which is, you know, he was born and put into a broom cupboard as well, soon as he was born. What? We've got to say, so, OK, we've got to. Yeah. yeah. Can I can pick this? So he was born with a condition which I'd never heard of before. It's, it's called a thyrogryposis multiplex congenitor. I think I've said that right. I, I think that was known when he was born and he wasn't looked after especially well by the hospital he was in. So yeah. he was put into a cupboard for a few days in a, in a sort of uh, a crib thing. And his mum was heavily sedated so that they didn't Ooh. know she was trying to find out where he was when she eventually you know, came round. Um, and as a result, he has no muscles in his arms. So he does, mm. he does the dressage with his shoulders. That's what he pulls with to yeah. control. And he got into horse riding because he couldn't ride a bike. So that's the that's the basics. He's, is he sorry? Is he British or is he? Yeah, he is. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. He's also gay, and as a result, the headline on the story that I read was "Out of Two Closets and Into Paralympic <laughs> History." Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> amazing. But so, just to end the the broom cupboard <laughs> oh, sorry, story, sorry. is that he he's left there for three days. Finally, the dad comes to visit the mum. Is where's my baby? And they go find the baby, and they half 
kind of think that they're going to find a dying baby, but he's doing okay. And the mum has to play it cool because for some reason she just wanted to not make a big deal out of it, worrying mm. that they might then take him away because right. mm. of her emotion. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and so he should have died according to the, the nurses. So his life story from the get-go is just a yeah. phenomenal yeah. moment. Huh. Um, and he was kind of a young kid who experienced a lot of interesting moments along the way. Like there's a story that Margaret Thatcher carried up the, the staircase at 10 Downing Street when he was um, being presented an award when he was six years old for Children of Courage. So he's always been sort of in the limelight and he's a huge advocate of gay Thatcherism. rights. Thatcherism. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, he's, um, you know, when, when the Paralympics were going to be happening in Russia, he wanted to go and explicitly talk about gay rights yeah. there. He's a really cool guy, he seems. He is amazing. And yeah, I've met him because I've been to two Paralympics now. Because before I was a comedian, I was a researcher. And Tally. So in twenty sixteen I went to Rio to work on the last leg and then in twenty twenty one I went to Tokyo again with the last leg. Oh, cool. But this time I was on telly yeah, no. so I was the correspondent out there and uh, tell me to shut up because it's not a fact in this <laughs> but I just want to say how both times to go into the Paralympics I've had incredible emotional journeys right. because I've been disabled all my life. I don't mind it. I love the life and the world I created. But it can be exhausting going into rooms all day, every day, when you're normally the only disabled person. So you get this disabled paradise, mm. where actually, if you're able-bodied, you look weird. <laughs> it's such an emotional feeling to know that we're not alone and we're in this all together. Yeah, amazing. But what I wanted to say was I met Lee at both games and he is brilliant. <laughs> we once interviewed him and he was naked <laughs> in bed like he did not care he's amazing so he's, cool. it just sounds so cool I, yeah. I love that he learnt to ride 
on horses, not on a horse, but on a donkey. That was oh, his first. Really? That was his first experience. Yeah, was a donkey really? called Sally. In ancient China, no, not ancient China, but early modern China, they the women polo players would play on donkeys. Oh. So the male polo players would play on horses and the women mm. would play on donkeys. <laughs> and it was because it's quite a high status thing. It was like yeah. very posh people who would play. Yeah. And they just thought it was safer, really, because he's closer to the ground, I yeah. guess. Right. Yeah. And I guess that's why you practice to do your equestrian on on donkeys as well because yeah. it's they're slower and closer to the ground yeah yeah. Um, yeah there is a lot of horse allergy in paralympic athletes is there uh, horse riding yeah athletes yeah there's sophie wells she yeah, won silver in her. 2012 yeah. she's allergic to horses but i read that and i read an article with her that said um because she was allergic to horses her mother had to brush down the pony when she was a child it does sound to me like she's like, oh yeah. no, I can't, I can't muck her out, I can't brush her down, I'm allergic. I'm she's... also allergic to dust. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Making beds, I can't. The other no. thing about her, Sophie Wells, yeah. is she went to school at somewhere called the Robert Pattinson Academy. <laughs> really? Yeah. No. That's Isn't that amazing? Only open at twilight. Um, oh. um, it's named after Sir Robert Pattinson, who was an MP for Grantham in the 1920s. Margaret Thatcher's old constituency. Yeah. Yeah. Strong link between Paralympic dressage and Margaret Thatcher. Um, um, Sophie Wells, the rival of Sophie Wells. So Sophie Wells won silver in 2012. Yeah. Her rival who took gold was called Michael George. Now, if I if my surname was Michael, no, know, if, if my surname was George, and right. I had a son, I'm not sure I'd call him Michael. Why? Because of George Michaels. Oh. oh, it's two first names. But I'm thinking it's like a George Michael reference. Oh, I didn't yeah, pick that up If they stood next to each other, they'd be a palindrome. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah. You yeah. didn't pick up on someone called Michael George having a name like George Michael? No. <laughs> I did. No. Sorry, am I the only one here? No, who did? I did. Oh, yeah. thank you. Yeah, okay. That's the first you. thing I thought. So. Oh. That first thought was. What Tory M. It was in Thatcher's cabinet. <laughs> I went to the uh, Sydney Paralympics. Did you? Did yeah. You? Yeah, it was awesome. I don't actually have much memory. We sat in Homebush, which is the big uh, stadium that was built for it. And it wasn't, the Paralympics wasn't a big deal mm. in the country. It's sort of the Olympics was such a big was deal. Yeah. 2000 was 2000. Yeah. And I remember on the day, uh, my impressions of it were the stadium was virtually empty. Yeah. It was a lot of school excursions, which is what we were on. And the music that they were playing over the sound system. And these are all people are doing their big Olympic events were kids songs like Row, Row, Row Your Boat and stuff. And I just remember <laughs> thinking. Is that not during the rowing event? Good motivation. But I just remember sitting there thinking, these are professional athletes yeah. who've spent wow. four years getting to this <laughs> yeah. point and they've got nursery rhymes playing. Yeah. It was really odd. Yeah. And now it's kind of like like the opening and closing ceremonies will have Coldplay and they'll have yeah. Michael George. Yeah. Michael <laughs> George. <laughs> Doing whisper curlers. <laughs> um, the first Paralympic Games was in Rome in 1960, and they had a few games that, unfortunately, no longer happen. My favourite was a sport called. Darchery. <laughs> Darchery. Darchery. Yeah, so which cool. is exactly what it sounds like. It was 
In a pub. Everyone was drunk. That's a great idea. But what's crazy is archery has a very big, effectively a large dartboard, doesn't it? Like that. So that's making archery ten times harder if yeah. suddenly your place of aim is a dartboard. Yeah. Like that's oh uh, yeah. You've got less surface area for. for was it the size of a dartboard? Or was yeah, it... I think so. Oh, wasn't it? I thought it was literally yeah, it a dart. If your normal arrow for an archery, if you fired that at something the size of a dartboard, it's going to go in numerous different <laughs> yeah. numbers at the same yeah. time. That's what I was confused yeah. about, but yeah, you've yeah. raised a really good point. <laughs> what if it was bigger? I was reading about visually impaired skiing, oh, yeah. um, which I think is amazing because you're skiing down and then there's someone else who's skiing in front of you and they're attached by Bluetooth. So they're telling you what's coming all the way down mm. and then you have to ski behind them. Wait, so they're not attached physically? They're, they're not attached. physically attached. Oh. They're a guide and they have like headphones. But like, how hard is it to attach your headphones to yeah. your phone yeah. by a Bluetooth? Oh, that yeah. must be terrifying yeah. to just like, your Bluetooth is now disconnected. <laughs> oh, fuck! What if you then connect to someone else? <laughs> getting the wrong info. No, wrong. What? <laughs> Oh, I just think that must be absolutely terrifying. Visual impairment is such an interesting territory mm. about how there's assists just for that tiny bit of guidance. Yeah. So for swimming, there's a thing called the tapper where when you're coming, they'll tap a swimmer on the head to let them know that the, yeah. the, the end, end the is, is coming up. Yeah. Or if you're... But a, that's, I think that's... because it, And it's so basically as the swimmer who is visually impaired, you can just swim at full pelt and you'll know that the end's coming sure. up. So you don't you don't have this uncertainty ahead of you. Yeah. yeah. But I think that is a big responsibility on the tapper. Absolutely. Yeah. You've got to get that... Oh. Oh, like, yeah. Got to get it in one. You got to get yeah. that bang on. Yeah, exactly. And you have to agree what the the thing is before you start the race. What you the can, distance is. I'm sure they do, Andy. I'm sure yeah. they do. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, not yeah. just winging it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to try and tap you one centimeter before the edge of the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yes, but I was an incredible swimmer in Rio, and I had. No arms. Oh, yes. And no legs. And his way of stopping in the pool was literally to hit his head. So good. God. For the end of it, he must have a brain damage <laughs> yeah. as well. Was he wearing like a helmet or something? No. Oh my God. No. <laughs> That's amazing. Also, what I love about the Paralympics is all the different groups. Mm, yes. There's a million groups and they group them on ability. Ooh. And I think that's why I love it more than the Olympics because you know that everyone in that race it's the same sort of yeah. ability. Oh yeah, I didn't know about the classification thing. Yeah, I didn't and know that either. And it's it's why there are so many events, as it were, because yeah. you've got ten. Yeah. Is it ten classes of 
disability from the least to the most impaired. Well, yeah, but you get different classes for swimming, different yeah, classes yeah. for running. Yeah. You just need it because you yeah. cannot have a, a visually impaired person next to an amputee. Yeah. You can't have someone with no arms and legs against someone who's allergic to horses. Yeah. That's not... yeah. But I think it's right. that So within class seven or whatever it yeah. is, there, there will be different kinds of impairments. So yeah. you might have someone who's got a, a limb which is shorter or someone who's got impaired muscle power. Yeah. Or someone who's uh, shorter, but yeah. they have been assessed as being the same level of impairment. Yeah. Mm. And what it yeah. means is so the clever. winner is whoever's the best on the day. Right? Yeah. yeah. I like to set up rivalry within <laughs> rivalry. So obviously the Paralympics are countries competing against each other. But when I went to Tokyo, I set up Team CP. <laughs> so I only supported people <laughs> with cerebral palsy. <laughs> and if there was anyone with like me, I'd be like, Get away! <laughs> You're not our group! That, I think, is the spirit of the Paralympics, yeah. really, right there. You what? Know. You're visually impaired. Pets off! So good. <laughs> okay, it is time for fact number two, and that is Rosie. A man from Yorkshire once changed his name by deep pool to Yorkshire Bank PLC, a fascist bastard. <laughs> I love this. Now, for avoidance of doubt, we're not saying that Yorkshire Bank PLC are fascist bastards. Are no, there's only one man saying that, <laughs> and his name is yeah. Yorkshire Bank fascist bastards. Yeah. So, right. are we going to call him Mr. Bastards or? Mr. Well, actually, I've read that to his friends. It's known as Yorkshire. Has he stuck? Because this was a few, well, a few years ago. 1999? The 90s, yeah. Yeah. So has he stuck with it, I wonder? I tried to look and I can't find it, but I like to think that Yorkshire's out there (laughs) enjoying Yorkshire (laughs) and hating Yorkshire (laughs) Bank. I reckon he's probably now called like United Utilities are fascist bastards yeah. or yeah. You, know, yeah. you know the yeah. Royal Mail are fascist but you know yeah. he probably just keeps doing yeah. it because right? actually he's changed his name to those what that's six words yeah. so four of those are middle names so he will look like he's just called Yorkshire Bastards <laughs> well we don't know fascist bastards is a double barrel oh yeah it could be yeah yeah true yeah 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 <laughs> 
I always picture this going to a deep poll because I need to change my name to something. Yeah. Let's say a lot of actors do it right, yeah. where a name's taken, so they pick yeah. something quite normal. And you're standing in the queue, <laughs> and the person in front of you is like, "Oh, what are you changing it to?" And he's like, "Oh, Yorkshire Banker Fascist Bars." Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. Guy behind you, what are, what are you changing it to? Oh, you know, Rainbow Sunshine Lollipops. Yeah. Oh, god damn it! And I imagine I would just keep coming out with a different name. I'd buckle under yeah. like the, yeah. the you influence. Came in just to call yourself Don Schreiber. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm there, the Don Schreiber. Yeah. I'm leading as Indiana Jones platypus orange man whatever <laughs> I've got an idea adding after we should all go and change our names to each other oh that's a great idea I, I yeah. don't mind being Rosie Jones a lot more work <laughs> <laughs> his real name was Michael Howard yeah oh. like the ex conservative leader was, was Howard big in the 90s Huge. Michael Howard, yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. know. That was when he was a I minister because yeah. the Conservatives were in government at the time. So, yeah, he was a big deal at the time. Okay, so, right. extra incentive to change from Michael Howard if you didn't want to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the report from the time is so good because he, he asked for his balance at the bank, 69 pence, to be returned to him by, <laughs> by check. Um, and a spokeswoman for the bank had to say, the relationship with Mr. Howard has irretrievably broken down and we very much regret that. Yeah. And he said, sorry, who are you talking about? <laughs> Mr. Howard, yeah. who's he? <laughs> Conservative leader? No. I love Rosie. The link you sent over was from a Guardian article, yeah. which was called It's a Funny Old World, 1999. Yeah. And this was published in November. And just the other examples in there, just to oh, read right. one or God. two of them. Yeah. There was this great one. In Sydney, 120 men named Henry attacked each other during a my name is henry convention <laughs> henry panty of canberra accused henry pap of sydney of not being a henry at all but in fact an angus it was a lie explained mr pap i'm a henry and always will be whereupon henry pap attacked henry panty whilst two other henrys jones and dyer attempted to pull them apart several more henrys smith calderwood and andrews became involved and soon the entire convention descended into a giant fist fight they hoovered up after that <laughs> the final line the brawl was eventually broken up by riot police led by a man named Henry! Shane. Uh, yeah. It was Australia. Yeah. <laughs> um, Rosie, you're from Yorkshire, aren't you? Yes. Okay. I'm a proud Yorkshire lady. And I think we get a reputation of being tight bastards. <laughs> but I wanted to call me and say, actually, that reputation okay. isn't even true because I was a survey done that said more than 60% of Yorkshire folks never use a rover draft. Oh. And three quarters of people from Yorkshire for up to £200 a month aside. So we've got the money going <laughs> on. Wait, are you a Yorkshire ambassador? Are you trying to yes. change? Is that why you're here? You've got an yeah. agenda. Come to bloody <laughs> All that says to me, Rosie, if they're not going into their overdraft and they're saving money, is that they're not spending any money. Oh, yeah. There's a weird fact I found which kind of combines the name changes and the money thing. So... Is it is it pronounced Conisborough in Yorkshire? Yeah. Conisborough, yeah. okay. So there's a place in Yorkshire called Conisborough 
which has a road in it which is called Butthole Road. Okay? Lovely. We no, love it! <laughs> they didn't love it. It was named after, probably named after a water butt yeah. that used to be in the road. I mean, a perfectly innocent, normal, not sure. funny, you know, sure. but three words, Butthole Road. Imagine when that wasn't funny. I know, I know. Well, they, the thing is, they were getting a lot of prank calls. They were getting tourists, no. tourists turning up with their asses out and that kind of stuff. Taxi drivers point blank refused to believe yeah. it was a ritz so they wouldn't take you there. Um, there were tour buses turning. I mean, it, it was yeah. quite, <laughs> quite quiet tours, I guess. But one family, one family actually sold up and moved in 2003 because they were so annoyed oh. about the jokes. Yeah. And the new owner of the house, Peter Sutton, said he knows what to expect and he's looking forward to moving in. <laughs> <laughs> that dirty I know. Burger. <laughs> Very sadly, for for our purposes, they changed the name of the street oh. in 2009 oh. to Archer's Way. Ask what? <laughs> but the the council refused to replace the street sign for free, which I don't know if that plays into the other Yorkshire yeah, stereotype. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Also, that I've never been to, but I see signs for it called the Land of Nod. Really? Oh, cool. The Land of yeah. Nod? Yeah. Huh. That's quite nice. It's in the Bible, isn't it? The Land of Nod. It's the place east of Eden where they get sent off. To, I think really? there's a long time since I read the Bible, but yeah. Is that why they call it God's Own Country? Yorkshire? Yeah. No, it's because they're deluded. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> Something I'm now. from Lancashire. Do you guys, yeah. yeah, do you yeah. have rivalries? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We wow. have, you, have you heard of a little thing called the Wars of the Roses? Because <laughs> okay. that, what, <laughs> it's still ongoing. Yeah. 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 So well, actually, my mum and dad are from Lancashire. Are they? Oh, you're oh, not. So a peace um, offering yeah. has occurred so quickly. Uh, and sorry, Rosie, so you're from Bridlington, right? Yeah. Uh, they have 21 fish and chip takeaways within a five minute walk of the centre of yeah. Bridlington, oh. right? And I call that a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> and the problem is, you have so much fish and chips, that also means you have a lot of seagulls. Yeah. Right. I was reading the Bridlington Echo, uh, and it's a recurring story about the problems with seagulls. Um, the Royal Mail had to warn residents that they wouldn't be getting their postal deliveries because seagulls kept attacking postal workers. Wow. Uh, and there was a bank that was closed because nesting seagulls had caused a leak in the roof. And the Bridlington Fire Station had to rescue a stranded seagull after it sat on top of a metal lamppost for too long in the winter. So it's you know. Wait, is it, did it get? So, sorry, just to burrow down into that one a bit. Yeah, yeah. What was it frozen onto I'm the? I'm afraid you know, like when you put your tongue on a on a metal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, apparently, if you're a seagull, it it works with your feet as well. Oh no! Oh, how oh, do they? No. How do they rescue it? Well, with the tongue, you usually pour like lukewarm water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I imagine they did something similar. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I think those are great, but I think what that shows more than anything is shit all happens <laughs> in yeah. Well, there was a I big like story it. recently, a woman called Susan Radford. She was a grandma and she spoke out against sexually explicit sweets that were on sale on the seafront. Do we have any examples? What, yeah, come on. Well, you know, like rock, like yeah. solid yeah. Stick of rock? Oh, you, you mean in like the, the shape of it? In the shape of... Oh. of oh, we can get what? Of penises, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Wait, what do you think? <laughs> I knew. I knew. And um, she was so upset that she's um, she got in touch with the local Anglican church to help her complaint. And she said she's not going to visit Bridlington again until they get rid of the, the rock She's not pox. from Bridlington. No. She just went on a holiday one day, saw them and went, I'm not coming back here again. Wow. Good. Uh. We don't need her. <laughs> so I saw a couple of articles where it said Bridlington uh, voted one of the worst towns in the UK and stuff. But everyone who then went to ride up on it came out going, it's awesome here. What are you talking about? Like, who said that this was bad? Yeah. I haven't been myself, so I don't know. But the pictures, it looks kind of pretty. I mean, I think Bridlington is very good if you're under five <laughs> and you're over 85. Right. Okay. In between, there's not a lot yeah. to it's a do. pretty rough message to hear on your sixth birthday <laughs> in Bridlington. <laughs> Get out now, Freddy. Get out. Can I quickly tell you a couple of Yorkshire World Records? Yeah. Yes. So very proud Yorkshire World Records. Um, fastest time to make a litre of ice cream, which was 10 seconds wow. by Andrew Ross. But the ingredients did include liquid nitrogen. So I feel like there was some... Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Cheat. Know, yeah. Um, world's loudest clap. Okay. Uh, we're talking about the action. We're, talk we're not talking about the, the disease. The <laughs> <laughs> so painful you could hear him screaming for miles. I've got the clap. No. I once read, I don't know if this is true, that the name The Clap came... <laughs> this is awful. That they used to... Um, put your penis between two pieces oh. of wood oh. and then whack them together no. and it would like get the discharge out of the... <laughs> right, we're, we're talking about a seven-year-old girl here, so I hope you're all very proud of yourselves. I think that might be true, but I'm not yeah. sure. I think that's to cure a different thing. Is I it? think there's a, there's a thing called Peoria where the penis starts to bend. And it oh, happens yeah. increasingly as you get older, and it's incredibly painful. And it's there are now ways of yeah, dealing yeah. with it. But uh, also, if your penis isn't flat enough, that'll be yes. <laughs> anyway, look, can we get back to this <laughs> poor kid? Sorry, what was this? So a young girl, Martha Gibson. Martha, Martha Gibson. Gibson. She the, was the, clapping. Her family noticed. She's got an incredibly loud clap. You know, when some some people they yeah. really they have these yeah. the, the, like hollow space in their yeah. hands. Um, and it's apparently the equivalent of a heavy goods vehicle passing by, <laughs> 73 decibels. And they got so, someone from Guinness to measure it. So a seven-year-old. Yeah. And maybe there's someone louder who hasn't been officially Guinness-approved measured. Yeah. But anyway, she was born in 1998, which means she's out there somewhere. Yeah. You know, she's in her 20s now. Yeah. I don't know if she's still... She got hasn't been to any of our gigs, I can yeah. say that. <laughs> <laughs> can I say one last thing from these? Uh, it's a funny old, old yeah. world. Yeah. Um, so it's just they're just such great stories. Uh, a sex line caller complained to Trading Standards after dialing an 0891 number for an advertisement saying "Hear me moan," only to be played a tape of a woman <laughs> nagging her husband for failing to do jobs around the house. <laughs> oh, I love that. And then a sign seen in a police canteen in Christchurch, New Zealand: "Will the person who took a slice of cake from the commissioner's office return it immediately? It is needed as evidence in a poisoning case." <laughs> just a good gag. Okay, it's time for fact number three, and that is Andy. My fact is that despite them being one of the largest fish on the planet, nobody knows where female whale sharks live. 
So not the ocean. Oh. Yes, the ocean. Oh. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. Next fact. <laughs> yeah. Solve that quickly. Oh, wow. Jonathan Creek. Detective Dan investigates. <laughs> you are welcome. <laughs> they live in the ocean. Yeah. It's a big place. It's a big yeah. place. So just a shout out to Rich Horner who sent this fact in, um, not knowing that you know Dan. Would solve it so quickly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, this is a, a, about whale sharks, which are absolutely massive, and I don't know very much about them. They're the largest yeah. shark. Yeah. So they're not a whale; they're a shark. Yeah. Um, and they're only called a whale shark because they're just so huge. Uh, largest fish, I reckon. He said one of the largest fish, but there well, can't be many bigger. They're a sunfish, aren't they? Which are massive. I don't know. Uh, I'm sure there are different are. dimensions, aren't yeah. there? Like there's yeah. mass, and then there's length, and there's all of this. But they are well, absolutely huge. Apparently, they weigh as much as. Free elephants. Wow. Yeah. And yet we don't know where the females live. It's mad. There are, so scientists, they know where young males are because they uh -huh. tend to frequent waters that are more coastal. And um, they're, oh, they're very harmless, by the way, I should say. They, 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 they're omnivores, but they eat plankton. And yeah. Not if you're a plant. plankton. Well, no. that's a good point. Yeah. And th there's one place where scientists know they're, they're likely to find female uh, whale sharks, which is just off Darwin, which is the northernmost Galapagos oh. island. But that's the only place that they know they hang out. And okay. they, I mean, they live, you know, across thousands of miles of ocean. They're just missing. Just yeah. evade us. Um, yeah. I read that they actually found one confirmed pregnant whale shark. And it was 10.6 meters. Okay. And wow. she contained 300 pups. What? Three hundred? Three hundred? Holy moly! But they don't all survive. Well, thank. I mean, thank goodness. Yeah. In a sense, yeah. I mean, we well, know yes. exactly where they all were because we'd be knee deep. It would yeah, be like yeah. Bridlington and oh, fish and chip shops. Yeah. It would be. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, and and they they give birth. Um, they're they're called aplacentally viviparous. So oviparous is where you give where you lay an egg. Viviparous is live young. But a placental viviparous is where you lay an egg inside yourself. Yeah. It then hatches also inside you. Oh. And then you eventually give birth to the live young, which it's is hatched amazing. the egg. So 300 eggs will have hatched inside that mother. Oh. Those eggs are the biggest eggs on earth as well. Are they? Yeah. yeah. No, I, I didn't realize that it's, this might be common knowledge, but what makes a, it's, this is a whale shark. Mm. What makes it more shark than whale? What's the difference between a whale and a shark? One's a mammal and one's a fish. Yeah, yep. but one other difference, which I didn't know, is that sharks <laughs> yeah. are all cartilage and whales are bone. Oh, right. That's what yeah. makes it the shark. That's yeah. true. Isn't that crazy? No bones. One thing, yeah. one interesting thing because of that is that you know how, or I know this because I'm old, as you get older as a human, you kind of get stiffer yeah. a lot. Well, sharks are the opposite. Sharks start off being quite stiff, and then as they get older, they get floppier and floppier. Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe, maybe yeah. I haven't got cerebral palsy. Maybe I'm a shark. <laughs> if you've got more than 300 teeth, that is another sign. Oh, no, I haven't <laughs> got 280. <laughs> Speaking of teeth, mm. whales have teeth on their eyes. Oh, what? yeah. These, yeah. Oh, yeah. What are they called? Denticles or something like this? Yeah. Because yeah. sharks don't have eyelids. So in order to protect them, they have 
what looks like the LT. Huh. Yeah. And, um, and their eyes stick out a tiny bit from their head, which is also a problem, obviously, in terms yeah. of protecting them. Yeah. Yeah. So they have another trick, which is that they can retract their eyes. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. They just go boop. When when <laughs> they, when what when I guess when danger threatens it's quite a long way it's about half the diameter of the eyeball they can just wow <laughs> I love the Andy noises for whenever animals do anything, <laughs> anything I remember all. when hippos retracted their testicles by going <laughs> exactly the teeth as well so these these teeth that are all over their eyes are all over their body as well they've got these denticles uh, all over their body and I've read this description saying that it's a protection thing so if another shark bites them back without them really doing anything they're sort of biting the shark back itself because yeah. the teeth might hurt a bit i guess if you're biting into right. it um that's just mad yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you're biting something yeah. from your torso yeah. <laughs> it's nuts uh, they grow really quickly so they're born quite big but then they get really big so there was one in an aquarium uh, that went from weighing 1.7 pounds to 333.4 pounds um, in three years, just yeah. over three years. Wow. And I worked out in human terms, that would be equivalent of a three-year-old baby growing to the size of the world's largest unicycle. <laughs> uh, great, you always go too far with these things. Yeah. You always think, what? I can cram in one more yeah. fact here. I you mean, can imagine that, what the world's biggest unicycle. Well, oh. I can imagine a range of things for the world's biggest yeah. unicycle, because right now I'm imagining the Empire State Building with a unicycle leading up against yeah. the entire oh, height no. of it. It's smaller than How that. How big is the world's biggest unicycle? It's 31 unicycle? feet. Oh, that's big. I well, thought that's everyone very knew that, big. actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> 31 feet. As in 31 feet, but in the same proportions as a normal human. So the child wouldn't look like a unicycle, is what you're saying. <laughs> right, okay. It would look like a normal proportioned <sighs> human, but 31 feet tall. Yeah. God. I think the unicycle thing is really thrown. <laughs> thrown as well. Has that, has that been. I've got more questions about the unicycle now. Is it rideable, this unicycle? Yeah, it has to be rideable, otherwise, it doesn't get the world record. Yeah. God, that's, that must be a terrifying unicycle ride. Yeah. yeah. How long must your legs be to ride yeah. that? I think, I think what they do is they keep the pedals quite close to where your bum is, oh, like brilliant. the same distance as your leg yeah, that's cut to that's, your bum. I wouldn't have done it that way, but I think, I think they've done it better, actually. That was a big wheel. No, it's mostly like a long stalk. It's mostly the pole, yeah. It's really, it's a normal unicycle, but they've just extended the distance between the wheel and the pedals. I've seen people do it on these record size. They're, it's petrifying. Well, you would be able to know exactly how big one of these babies that don't exist would be because you've seen it yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. So I was on board. I thought it was a fantastic analogy. You need to watch more YouTube clips, you two. <laughs> oh, um... These uh, these pups we were talking about a bit earlier. Yeah. So those 300 pups, this is a really cool thing. Um, they're, they're often inside the mother. They're at different stages of development. Uh-huh. But they're all from the same father, whale shark. The mother can basically store sperm for ages and gradually fertilize a little bit at a time. Oh, so yeah. I'll just, I'll just, you know... Yeah, don't. So I think other sharks do it, and maybe even kangaroos, lots, lots where they sort of, of yeah. like pocket away the the sperm. That's not what's in that pocket, is it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's full of sperm. Yeah. <laughs> wow, really? Yeah. Is that no, right? Lots, yeah, so it's one. So just to get this right, it's yeah. one male whale shark. Yeah, has sex. They, the female keeps all the sperm and then yeah. slowly has more and more children with exactly. that original. Exactly. Wow. I think it's one mating session huh. and then. Imagine oh, if humans <laughs> could do that. 
Yeah, when you finally get the call that you've got an illegitimate child, it's like, you've got 20 illegitimate <laughs> yeah. kids. And they're the size of the world's yeah. largest yeah. unicycle. Yeah. <laughs> and that drunken night in Bidlington? Well, you're... Uh... One's 18, one's 12, <laughs> two are eight. Yeah. Um, they have this really interesting habit whale sharks which is they dive down about 2,000 meters yeah. huge it's the, the largest vertical range almost of any sea creature oh, it's, that's it's like, like 200 times the size of the world's largest <laughs> oh <my> God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that that really makes you think doesn't it imagine that how long would your legs have to be for that <laughs> okay but, so and the thing is we don't know why and this is, and oh. it, and also when they sink, they uh, so scientists often tag the few that they can find to yeah. research because yeah. that's a really useful thing for them. But it shakes basically the tags don't work two thousand meters down, oh, no. so they kind really? of they can see in the dark. As a result, they've got special genetic mutation which allows them to see in the dark because oh. they are so deep down. Wow. But there is a and we don't know why they do it because down there there's less oxygen, uh, there's less food, it's very cold, so yeah. they have to w- warm themselves up a bit afterwards. Yeah. There is one theory, uh, well, there are, there are a couple of theories, I think, but this is uh, from a whale shark scientist called Simon Pierce, which is that it might be so they can navigate better because they can get a better reading of the Earth's magnetic field no. closer to the crust, oh. which is effectively wow. that they're going to get a better signal. Um, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Which I love as that's a theory. Amazing. It's like yeah. holding your phone up in the air to get a better yeah. signal. It's exactly yeah. like that. Wow, that's exactly like that. super yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. We don't know if they make noises, as in vocalizations. <laughs> oh, really? And okay. well, we kind of know that they don't. Oh. But there's a there's a few scientists <laughs> that think that they do. Okay. And it's very confusing because they don't, as far as we can tell, have anything that would make a sound. No vocal cords whatsoever. Right. The way that their teeth are set up is they can't do a grinding sound to create yeah. a noise that comes yeah. out as grinding. So um, they don't have a swim bladder, which um, a lot of fish will use uh, yeah. to control buoyancy, but also noise will come out of yeah. that that you'll hear. Yeah. So you don't have anywhere really that sound can come from. Yet there is a scientist called Heather Barrett who has been recording them and a couple of times has got sound out of them. So it's a sort of mysterious thing. She's been following this one male called Shredder. She said she thought it sounded like two strokes over the ridged back of those wooden frog noisemakers sold to tourists in every Mexican market. Another relatable (laughs) um, (laughs) example. Oh my God. But yeah, so big mystery to be solved. Do the whale sharks make noises? Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was looking at some odd females in the animal kingdom. Oh yeah. uh, Because I found that there's a thing called a pouched rat. And some female pouched rats can create a chemical that makes all the other females' vaginas seal up. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Isn't that amazing? Wow. So is it a status... Do, yeah. do you have to be the the sort of lead? You're spot on. So like the most dominant female in a pack of pouched rats, she'll be the one who's mating. And to stop any of the other females mating, she sends out this chemical and all the vaginas go... You put it in terms I can understand now. <laughs> um, Isn't that amazing? I find that astonishing. What a power move. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the craziest thing. That's one of, of all the years. That's one of the weirdest yeah. facts I think I've ever yeah. heard on the show. You should write Funny Old World for The Guardian. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
Okay, it is time for our final fact of the show, and that is James. Okay, my fact this week is that the place where Judas plotted to betray Jesus is about to become a zip lining site. <laughs> so cool. Will they mark on the ground the point where Judas did the exact plotting so that as you zip line over it, you can contemplate that? That would be good. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe you have to pay 30 pieces of silver <laughs> to do it. I don't know. Um, this is in Jerusalem. And it's an area sometimes known as the Hill of Evil Council. And according to tradition, this is where Judas plotted to betray Jesus. Uh, And it's part of a more general sort of attempt in Jerusalem to to bring more tourists in and make it more tourist friendly. Uh, Although some people say it as part of a bigger political strategy to make east and west jerusalem less solid things and and maybe make jerusalem a more israeli area i mean that what do ziplines do they cross borders you know (laughs) normally a good thing but sometimes can be controversial it can be controversial and according to some people in this case it is um can i check sorry james i what you said the place where judas plotted to betray jesus i thought well, maybe this is the place where Judas actually the betrayed Jesus. The Garden of Jesus. Gethsemane. Garden of Gethsemane. Yeah, that's where he did the actual betrayal. So this is just like the pre-betrayal. This is where he thought about yeah. it. He was like, yeah. you know, you can't just turn up at the Garden of Gethsemane no. with yeah. no plan. No, God no. You need to think that's about it first. Yeah. If you fail to prepare to betray Jesus, you prepare to fail. Yeah. yeah. And this was in the Hill of Evil Council. So it was where, I think it was where the Romans sort of came up to him and said, hey... Want to do a bit of betraying? Wow. Uh, and yeah, that was where that supposedly happened. And, and at the end of that meeting, Judas went, God, I wonder one day in the future how they're going to yeah. commemorate this spot. <laughs> a statue of me, what's it going to be? And then, um, yeah, you can get on it on your zip line and it'll take you down to a place called the Peace Forest. Very oh, nice. Oh, as far as I know, it doesn't have any biblical um, story oh, yeah. attached to it. Uh, but then the developers are saying, well, it's nothing to do with this political thing. It's actually because they're quite neglected areas. Um, a lot of drug dealers around there. Um, so how do, how, how do you fight drug dealing? With <laughs> zip lines. Yeah, yeah. 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 Make it easier to escape. Hey, yeah, yeah. Put a zip lock on a zip line. It's very zip- hard to drop a single E into someone's <laughs> mouth from a zip line, though. That is... Uh, I smell a challenge. <laughs> I've never been on a zipline. I've been. I have. Have you? Oh yeah. <laughs> so I did a channel for travel show. That mm. in hindsight, I think the producers were trying to kill me. <laughs> 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 Every day I go in the office and be like, okay, so now you go in skydiving. <laughs> were, yeah, were the producers yeah. related to anyone you'd slagged off at the Paralympics oh, the previous yeah. year? Was that okay? okay, yeah. okay. They all had their knees, didn't they? Yeah. they were... yeah. um, so we did one episode in Wales which is home to the longest and the fastest oh. line. And I did it, and it was incredible. Wow. That one looks amazing. Yeah. I see, I've seen clips yeah. of that. Was it, it with very cool. Jenny Eclair, was it? Yeah. yeah How do you know? 
It was on television. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought I just did it for fun. <laughs> but Jenny was hilarious because obviously there's a camera on us and I was screaming and yelling and having the time of my life. We look back at Jenny's video and we were like, is she asleep? <laughs> like, oh, she no. was so zen. Oh, really? Like, she said she enjoyed it. I've been on a zipline only once and it was a tiny one. It was one of those adventure places that you go to oh, yeah. and... I don't know what went wrong. I don't know how I'd done my harness up incorrectly. Oh, no, it sort of trapped <gasps> my testicles in a really no. painful no. way. So I go down the zip lines <laughs> screaming and I don't make it right to the end. So I can't get my legs onto the thing. And I am screaming like it's really hurting. But unfortunately, the person I did it with was my friend who's a comedian, Tom Davis, yeah. who's a very sinister sense of humor. <laughs> And got everyone to step back and let me just hang there while I was no. screaming. There's a lot of photos that Tom has online of me screaming with my testicles that's trapped. My in a, yeah, that's my only experience. Awful. Yeah. And you were sort of, you were hanging there, ironically, like a, like a testicle, in the, yeah. like, a, just like a huge <laughs> testicle. But yes. your, your own testicles weren't free. Exactly. And that was the problem. Yeah. Makes yeah. you think, doesn't it? It does make you think. James, have you been on a zip line? I have. I was just thinking, I've always liked Tom Davis. Yeah. <laughs> I like him even more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I have on a few occasions. Well, the only one who hasn't done a zip line? Uh, around this table. Yeah. Right, come I went to, on, we'll what? all go to <laughs> Yeah. We'll all go change our name by the yeah. call. <laughs> we'll go zip line. Well, I've, been, I've been somewhere... Oh, I've been somewhere that has recently got permission for a zip line have you but i will I, when when i went there they hadn't they hadn't got the planning permission oh. yet <laughs> honest to slate mine in the lake district just wanted to give a shout out to them okay cool they spent 10 years trying to get permission for a zip line 10 years yeah really and the council said no this is beautiful here this old slate mine yeah. and i gotta tell you it's not it's not the place that would suffer irretrievable. Watch out, he's slating yeah. it. I oh God, well, I don't. No, I enjoyed it. I bought some souvenir slate there. I had a really good time. Like yeah. it's a fun, yeah. it's a fun place to go. I was there by myself, and I had a really nice time. Did a slate mine walk. It was brill. Lovely. But you do think the addition of one wire and the occasional person screaming as they pass. Yeah. Do you think? Well, I don't, but you like, could think of the amount of slates you could see in a short amount of time if you had that zip line. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. You're trying you're trying to get me excited. And it's working. <laughs> but it, it will be used to transport slate in quiet periods. You know Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I believe that's the that's the arrangement they've come to. So, oh, so yeah. it is gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. Are you yeah. are you on a waiting list? <laughs> of course. <Yeah. laughs> on a slating list. Oh god. <laughs> Anyway, just wanted to add my own personal anecdote. That's very such a good story that well, I wanted to top yeah. all of us. Um, <laughs> you, you know, one of the dangers of going on a zip line. I'm very glad you didn't get this. Testicles. <laughs> yes, yeah. well, that's one of them. <laughs> the other one is slamming into sloths. So, 
I I've watched a video of a young boy in Costa Rica going down a zip line and behind him is either an instructor or a parent, I don't quite know who. And you see the video is just oh. going super fast, super strong through this canopy. And then suddenly you just see this ball of fur yeah. and he slams into it. No. And fortunately the sloth doesn't lose grip, but they both stop. Yeah. And this sloth is just so confused and yeah. turns around was it all right yeah it well it seemed to be okay it didn't oh, drop fortunately it was, it was the boy it was fine I, yeah. I saw that video as well and the person who's in charge uh who's called flavio leighton ramos uh, he said the sloth or child weren't hurt they just had to wait for the sloth to get out of the way for around 15 minutes yeah <laughs> Yeah. And, you, and you watch the sloth climbing away and there's moments yeah. where its hands not on the wire and it's taking so long yeah. you think oh, it's on the wire yeah it's, it's on, on the, the wire line. it's, on, it's so in the middle of the, the zip yeah right. so the zip line's going past a load of trees and so right. it's obviously been on one of the tree hanging branches and sort of oh. thought this was a branch yeah, yeah. Was a oh line. gosh but it's it's literally yeah there's no tree near it for I guess 15 minutes because there's no way for it it's got oh, to just right. it's like cliffhanger yeah. it was amazing but the intro a cliffhanger. Isn't that where the um, zipline comes from, Costa Rica? The modern zipline was invented yeah. there yeah, by yeah. a bloke called um, Donald Perry. That's right. Because he was trying to study the, the canopy and yeah. there was no good way of go going from tree to tree. So <laughs> he turned up in 1979 with a crossbow, which is so cool. That is cool. He just started firing it around with a, with a wire attached and, and bringing yeah. it up. What yeah. a guy. They called him Hombre Mono, which means monkey man in Costa Rica because he was using you know just using all these wires yeah. to get around so cool really cool and he didn't he didn't patent it I don't think so someone else came along yeah, well but someone else came along and did do that it was a, a sort of a businessman who wanted to make money off it and he was called Darren Hrenyuk and um, he's a Canadian guy and when other people then started using zip lines he used to go around and cut the zip lines <gasps> down. What? But he no. would do it claiming it in a legal way. So in some cases he would bring, um, you know, a representative from yeah. a sort of official body to sort of say, yes, this is a legal thing. And yeah. so he'd go cutting these things down, even though he didn't have a claim to the invention of it because it was very clearly from this Perry guy. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, can I tell you about a bloke called Jack Reynolds? Yes, please. Yeah. Now, Jack is the oldest man ever to use a zip line. Okay. That we know of. It was 2018. He was 106 years old. <gasps> very cool. I know. I've got to say, just a shout out to Jack Reynolds. He's very sadly passed away. He died in 2020, aged 108. Yeah. Wow. In a Amazing. bungee jump accident. Uh, yeah. <laughs> James, you joke. Oh, no. No, no well, no. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. But uh, the year before, he, the zipline, when he turned 105, he won oldest person to ride a non-inversion roller coaster, which oh, yeah. I love. That was yeah, Twistosaurus yeah. at Flamingo Land in Moulton. On his 104th birthday, he got oldest person to receive their first tattoo. Oh. I remember this guy. 1912. Yeah. He was he was born. That and it said it said uh, Jack. Did he go skydiving as well? He went skydiving. That yeah. was another thing he did. I and think that's a good excuse. <laughs> like if people say, "Why have you never had a tattoo?" Yeah. You can say, "Well, I'm holding out to become the world's yes. oldest man to have his first <laughs> tattoo." Yeah. Um, and at the age of 100. Eight, sorry, at the age of 107, so the year before he died, he became the oldest person to, I think it was, have a cameo in a soap opera. He appeared in Hollyoaks. Oh, no. Yeah. It Doing was, what? He just, he had, he had one line, he just said, oh. don't worry, I'm, you know, I'm very old and I've had a great life and you'll be all right and all of that. And it was his first <laughs> acting role in a hundred years. <laughs> <laughs> so he'd had a previous one when he was seven. Yeah. No. Yeah. What was it on? I don't know. know. He was on a train approaching the Gardenor, wasn't he? <laughs> That's amazing. Holly Oaks. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know so Hollyoaks cool. as well, which is such a young show. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. yeah. That yeah. IMDb though, just yeah. with a hundred year difference. Yeah. <laughs> Two credits. <laughs> when was he on Hollyoaks? Uh, that was the year before he died, so it would have been 2019. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what? I have a friend who was who actually died over Christmas in Hollyoaks. Oh, so oh in Hollyoaks. In Hollyoaks, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she got crushed by a, um, by a bookcase. By a 108-year-old oh. man <laughs> whose parachute didn't open. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's it. That is all of our facts. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to get in contact with any of us about the things that we've said over the course of this podcast, we can be found on our Twitter accounts. I'm on at Schreiberland. James? At James Harkin. Andy? At Andrew Hunter M. And Rosie? At Josie Rowland. And is there anything that you want to mention that's coming up? Yeah, um, that one tour, all of my dates are on rosiejamescomedy.com and if you want to see me on telly, turn it on. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be there. <laughs> yeah, or you could go to our group account, which is at no such thing, or you can email us at podcast at qi.com. Uh, that's it for now. Uh, we're going to be back again next week with another episode, and we'll see you then. Goodbye. Goodbye.